Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, Mitch. This is Jesse from Rock Sugar, and you're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Keep it right here. Welcome to another all-new edition of ToyCast. This is episode 165. I am TF2 and Mike. It is about a week before Christmas 2022. And I have along with me for this ride, I have Mr. Joshua. That's right. The floor burger is here. Ho, ho, ho. Merry week before Christmas. I still haven't done my shopping yet. Hey, I don't, well, outside of my dad and my stepmom, I don't have to do any shopping anymore. She's dead, sadly. Uh. (laughs) Ho, 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 holy shit. (laughs) So, that Mm -hmm. got dark. Let's talk about toys. Yes, yes. Before we do that, we have to make sure we have the glass shatter, so there's that. Don't touch! All right. What do you got, sir? You got some weird robo-paint. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of crying a little bit on my side, but all right. <laughs> hey, if I don't if I don't make a joke about it, I, it's not funny, obviously, but it it's been a year since Karen passed, and it's like, fuck. So, but in for the, you know... For the show, got to sacrifice the emotions. Well, I will do my best to make you happy, given that you're talking to me. So, <laughs> I am Batman. Am I, am I going first, or is Batman going first? <laughs> yeah, you're going first. All right, I'll go first. So, I decided to pick, in honor of the holidays, something that is very, very close to the colors of said holidays. Not and, at all. <laughs> hence the the funny <laughs> haha. So I picked a, a, a GI Joe from one of the last years GI Joe was alive. 
I, I think some people might even make the argument that this was one of the series or the side series that may have killed the entire line because the year after this, 1994, is just filled with neon goodness and the, the whole line died. Mm-hmm. So 93 is probably the last full year of G.I. Joe that came out with a ton of just obnoxious neon. And there's a saying that once your franchise goes into space, your franchise is dead. And that can hold true for some situations. Mm-hmm. But just to be clear, here's what was happening in G.I. Joe in 1993. Just the figures. We're not even getting into the vehicles. No, yeah. So there are figures that have clashing colors of some sort. If I were to just count off my head, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, probably eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. We're I'm I'm already into the twenties and the thirties. Let's just say there's over thirty neon figures. Oh, very much so. And G.I. Joe had strayed so far away from what people had appreciated 10 years prior, which mm-hmm. if you think about it, the bulk of the hardcore G.I. Joe fans existed 82, 83, 84, 85, and a mm-hmm. lot started petering off, and naturally so, in, in 87, yep. when it became a little bit more sci-fi, a little bit more fantasy. You got the mutants, you got sorcery or whatever you know, some of these guys were. And then when you get into the 90s, my era, you get everything from some of the most insane recolors in neon plastic of all sorts. You get Street Fighter, you get Mortal Kombat, you get, you name it, it was happening. And one of my prized possessions as a kid in 1993 was the Star Brigade. Robo Joe. A very little known bright neon orange and a matte black robotic cyborg armored G.I. Joe. You can have it in any color as long as it's matte black everything. Well, that's what they went with. Mm-hmm. And so the, the character itself actually has a very interesting bio and I have terrible lighting in my room right now so I'm going to do my best to just sort of paraphrase it. Okay. But the the story behind a Robo Joe is very similar to if you took the six million dollar man, Robocop, and Terminator, and you put him in a bright orange neon body. Right. So he was a scientific engineering genius. He was working on his laboratory one night on top secret plans for robotic battle armor suits needed to fight Cobra in space. Suddenly the lab was raided by Destro, who managed to capture some of the plans and fatally wound the young inventor, leaving him a shattered shell of a man. G.I. Joe scientists used the remaining plans to rebuild his broken body, and RoboJoe was born with a permanently integrated bio-armor spacesuit linked with silicon wires, computer chips, and muscle tissue. And they put an exclamation point on that part. Now this powerful half-man... The tissue. The tissue. Now this powerful half-man, half-robot fights alongside his Star Brigade teammates seeking justice... In Revenge on Destro, he doesn't design robotic battle armor anymore. He is, capital is, it. And so if you ever see the figure, and we'll link to it in the notes and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Again, the bright neon orange. And he's got a head that is 
the actual produced figure that I own, I don't think there's any variations, and uh, Yojo.com does not indicate any variations. On the packaging, he has a pretty bland silver head, uh, cyborg pieces, very like 60s or 70s cyborg pieces, very boring robot pieces. Mm -hmm. But the head on the figure, if you take a closer look at the actual figure, is actually in gold, not silver, as compared to the packaging. Yeah, and is a little less bland and a little bit more. I, I would say Terminator. And he also had uh, gold plastic weapons from a shotgun, which is going to work really well in space. Some sort of rifle, a submachine gun, and a machete. Because when you are in space, you have to cut those vines down. So he actually has a golden machete. And a missile launcher that attaches to his shoulder, which is quite neat. And if I remember correctly, the missile launchers for this line were not as strong as maybe the 89, 90, and 91 missile launchers. Okay. A gold stand. And then I have to admit, his black helmet, if, you, if you're looking at it, his black helmet is actually pretty cool. It's got sort of a dark hawk. It's definitely a 90s design, uh, almost a dark hawk, night hawk, whatever the character is maybe Spanish, Wolverine-ish. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but the, the, the helmet is actually way cooler than the figure actually is. Okay. So here's the thing. At some point soon, before this goes out, but uh, you need to take pictures of your own figure because some of the pictures that these websites have are so damn small, I'm like, okay, so it's the reverse of a Funko Pop. It's big body, little head. Because I can barely see his head on the image. That well, the, the is, big body, the, the, the head is actually at scale. The body is actually quite a bit larger than a typical Joe. That was the gimmick for this. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what I see here. I see a matte black and bright-ass orange Optimus Primal body. As oh, in, like, it, yes. like, literally, I'm like, why is it not red and glowing? Like, it looked like that Optimus Primal we were trying to figure out which one you had. Like... But I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, yeah, that's an ape chest. That's not a robo chest. That's a that's a monkey, not a GI Joe figure. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, it, it is a very large chunk, chunky mm-hmm. figure. I think, as mm-hmm. the kids would say, he's very chunky. Mm-hmm. And I I love that as a kid. Actually, at the time, I mixed these armored joes if you if you actually check out the the listing of the ones that came out at this time i use these with my aliens figures they just worked better mm-hmm. than the, the marines that came out because the marines and the kenner line were very pre-posed they weren't very articulated you couldn't really pose them but these figures worked really well so my aliens fought my robo joe and the other characters in the star brigade the star brigade fighters assortment all those armored figures they're pretty cool I never, as a kid, actually got the Destro, and they had a Cobra Bat in in this line. I never had the two bad guys. I only had the four main ones. Mm-hmm. But they worked really well. The interesting thing, uh, if you actually look at the four, well, actually, it's the six, and you compare how many of them borrowed parts. I actually loved that as a kid, was trying to figure out which parts were borrowed between them, and there were a couple. It was mostly in the arms and the and the legs that were borrowed, but most of the torsos were pretty unique. What always got me was that there were three from Destro. I think that's Duke, 
and is that heavy duty heavy duty they all had a rocket launching arm that did not look like it anatomically worked as an arm in the least oh my god so it's a very unique line in that it seemed like everybody lost a body part just to be part of this process except rock and roll who does not seem like a guy who's going to go into space but he has this really cool he actually had one of the better unique robotic armor pieces i don't know but the the thing I, that always catches my eye about Robo Joe is that he's this bright orange neon figure on a card back, and I have a carded version of it mm-hmm. on a card back that is neon pink, mind you. <laughs> and of all the space figures at the time, the Star Brigade figures at the time, they varied in their their colors and their their craziness. He's the most contrasting in terms of bright neon orange, neon pink. It just for some reason it just works, but it doesn't work at the same time. I've never, I've never seen this, and and so even from when I first got him, he was always one of my favorite figures as a kid. He didn't even need his helmet. The helmet was cool, but he didn't even need his helmet in order to be a neat, unique GI Joe. But he never got reused for anything else. It was just this weird one-off GI Joe that existed and was super fun mm-hmm. to, to have his shoulder-mounted rocket launcher, all these weapons that you probably wouldn't use in space like the machete let's just be honest never got brought up again never was in any other media except maybe one tiny little picture look you you keep talking about why a machete in space shouldn't be used yet here is shira on a unicorn who can't breathe in space without a damn helmet who has a sword that turns into a helmet and she's flying on a machete in space is your disbelief? Really? Seriously? Come on now. So, <laughs> I'm not saying that because I don't believe the machete that I can accept She-Ra on a unicorn. That's not the way my brain works. But my I'm point is, is she, had, she had a sword in space that turned into a helmet so she could breathe. My point is, is that if that shit sort of worked, a machete in space, and a knife in space in general should work. I mean, hell, they have forks and knives on, on, on the space shuttle so they can eat their rations or whatever they eat. I'm just throwing it out here. If he's some sort of robotic engineering genius, some sort of scientific person... I just would not think that the same weapon that Jason Voorhees would use <laughs> is the same one that he would prioritize for his fighting of cobras and space mutants. I mean, maybe the space mutants, it makes sense, but it just... Mm-hmm. Because yeah. also from that same year, there was a figure known as Monstro Viper, who threw... <laughs> uh, which, if you're not familiar with it, oh, that's from Megamarines. That's not even from the sp- in space line. Oh my God. Okay, hang on. Okay. Hang on. Let's go to 94 because they actually made space aliens for them to fight, not just the Cobras. So there was uh, several very interesting bad guys. One was known as Carcass, an alien destroyer. Okay. And uh, this one I actually have a name Predacon. Tell me if that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. It does, but not for the reasons you think. <laughs> Lobotomax. Oh, great! Another alien, and then there's a couple that aren't listed on here, and I'm not sure why they might be international only. Mm. But there were some pretty wacky space aliens for them to fight. So there was a lot of 
I think they were really banking on J.I. Joe's in space taking off and, and rescuing and salvaging the line. And unfortunately, it... What's the word I'm looking for? Didn't work. It killed it. Mm-hmm. So... I've sent you a couple of images. The thing with this Robo Joe, though, is that a lot of GI Joes will get several iterations. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of GI Joes will have several versions that come out of them. I'm looking at one listing here. Where to go? I was looking at a listing, and now I'm not anymore. <laughs> oh, Roadblock. So this is Roadblock from 1994. This is his seventh version. Yeah, there were seven Roadblocks. Roadblock was just that important. Who's this though? Well, again, Payload, va- yeah. version four. Again, all of the Joes that are major Joes, like Roadblock, like Duke, like Scarlet, like who's uh, the uh, Flint, um, just all of the major ones you know of that you 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 would assume because they are those. They are essentially the top characters of that brand. They are going to get multiple releases. This guy doesn't seem like he is top tier. Like, this guy seems like he's a Kathy Griffin tier, like C or D tier kind of However, <laughs> unlike many other characters, especially some of the random one-offs that do exist in G.I. Joe, right. this Robo-Joe has a special long lasting artifact that exists and it's that Robo Joe was a feature custom class at a JoeCon in 2015 where if you got in for this class you paid a couple bucks and you brought in i believe it was an accelerator suit duke or ripcord from the Rise of Cobra line mhm they taught you how to customize that figure into a modern Robo Joe. Oh, wow. And I wasn't there for it. I, I can't remember why I couldn't go. There's probably 25 different reasons why I couldn't go. And if I would have known, this probably would have drawn me into that event no matter what. And the actual end result of the figure is a million times better than what the original figure was. It's just what you might actually notice this too, looking at it. So they provided you with a new torso, uh, new upper arms, some weapons and a new head. The upper torso and upper arms are very, very, very close to RoboCop, which is sort of the inspiration for this toy. But also the accessories that come with him are a, handgun that looks very much like RoboCop's gun and a pulse rifle from aliens. Hmm. So it's really, really interesting that those are the choices, but those are also the inspirations for it. He, like, like I said, he fought my, what do you call it? He fought my aliens. He was one of the alien fighters and he's got a pulse rifle and, he his whole backstory is RoboCop, and he's got a RoboCop gun. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a neat little figure. Absolutely, yeah, he looks cool. He got a nice updating from the GI Joe 2015 convention customization class, and this is a figure I could see having on a shelf. Not necessarily 
no monkey hit Optimus Primal. <laughs> it, it, it's I I can't remember what year Beast Wars came out. Nineteen ninety six. Okay, so this came out before, way before we ever got Optimal Optimus. I understand that, and I'm not yeah. even talking about Optimal Optimus. That had no, nah, no, I'm not even. I, I'm no, the talking. only reason I'm saying yeah. that is that the color choice, the that bright orange, yeah, is is always going to be interesting, especially because of the connection between Kenner and Hasbro, especially mm-hmm. around that time. But that bright orange is a very, very unique choice i would say oh absolutely and i'm not saying that i think it looks like optimus primal because of the colors i'm saying i think it looks like optimus primal because of how they sculpted the figure how his chest looks how his legs look that's why i'm saying i think it looks like a monkey yeah he's a chunky boy yeah now, as I said, the 2015 JoeCon exclusive uh, customization class figure version looks much more militaristic, and he kind of has a T2 liquid metal kind of vibe to his face. And I think that just is one of the interpretations from the custom class of what people were doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is the standard. I think people could... I don't know how many of these were made. I don't know how many parts were made. But it does say in the description that you could bring your own colors, your own paintbrushes, and, okay. and go your own way. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is the main image that of the multiples that are shown here that I'm looking at, I think there's three total images. Yeah, various people did different. Like, there's another one that has a blonde head with no... Yeah, but the one that I'm looking at basically looks like a really, really old T-1000. But the funny thing is, is that in behind of him and kind of blurred out looks to be the original figure, and he doesn't look as garish as that bright orange on him with the black chest does not look as garish in this photo than it does in whatever photo that Yojo has. <laughs> it- it is interesting how just that little flip, the inverse of the chest, mm-hmm. makes the figure look very, very different. I don't know what I would prefer. I think the, the orange on the original figure is certainly more neon. It, it will hit like a black yeah. light a lot better than the custom class, which is just a little bit more of a pumpkin orange. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is in this here, I will I will send this to you. In this image, in the background of Oh, I see it. No, see I can the, see it. Okay. I was gonna say I can't be the only one that sees the giant monkey behind the military guy. <coughs> Sorry. So I you know, I, I think when it comes to a lot of those nineties figures from ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, they have some glaring issues that don't hold up very well today that this armored figure i don't know how a human being could be inside of that mm-hmm. at all yeah without to make anything work it just doesn't a lot of armor suits don't make sense it's why i can appreciate a chunkier iron man because you got to fit a body in there yeah but there's some suits like hulkbuster doesn't oh. anatomically work like how is Iron Man inside of that and operating it and doing the things. I don't know. It's a movie and it's fictional and whatever. You know how he's doing that? Hulkbuster, to my knowledge, without actually having to look at it from what I remember, it's more of a pilot. 
program. So even though it's Tony Stark in Iron Man t- in his Iron Man tech, but it's this giant Iron Man suit where instead of conforming around his body and being all, you know, Mark 40 whatever, it's him in a seat controlling a giant ray. It's basically him doing a, a Marvel version of oh, what was it stupid movie? Um Oh God! Uh, it was. <laughs> oh, I know what you're thinking. Star Kid or something like that. No, no, yeah. it. Oh, Which is basically Iron Man, but that stupid aliens. movie. The the. It was like Transformers and GI Joe and everything mixed together. It was. Hocus uh, Pocus two. No. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> I fight for justice. It's uh, fuck. What is it? Pacific Rim. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, again, so, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not so, going to think too deep into it. Yeah. No. No. I, no. And but it's just. It, it was just really. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the Hulkbuster stuff. It. I personally think he's just getting into a cockpit. He's not trying to. And that's how a person would fit into. No, and and I get that. It's just this suit with Robo Joe for me works because oh he's just a cyborg he's basically yeah. just a human head with a cybernetic body yeah but you throw the other joes into this and you're looking at it how are they fitting into that without being massively uncomfortable or having to tear an arm off or something yeah true there there is an artist and i can't find some of the cartoons and if i can find any of them i'll send you a link uh david willis of short back uh, short packed fame mm-hmm. he did a lot yeah. of action figure stuff in his comic strips, he does a lot of stuff with Transformers. He would use RoboJo a lot in some of his strips, and I only found one. I'll see if I can find some others. But he made a lot of jokes about it because it's such an unusual character and figure. But at the end of the day, the reason I like this is that I could have the original 13 Joes, a lot of the really old school ones. This is the one that's going to catch my eye. This is the one that's going to catch other people's eyes where they're going to ask, why is this tactical military soldier in a giant, chunky, monkey-shaped, bright orange, highlighter orange armor suit, how is that effective? And at the end of the day, it's just one of those figures that's going to stick with me as long as I'm collecting, because it's just so 90s. Just a chubby guy A red suit and a bit so So I was about to say something about the 90s, so that's where I'll pick it up. I don't know where we left off, but... You had just finished with saying why you loved the figure and that era in the 90s of uh, the colors and the this and the that and everything else. Oh, yes. So Robo Joe, just because of his colors, because of his style, it's just a memorable memorable piece of my history and... You'll see it from across the room. You'll come into the toy room once I clean it up for the 40th time in the last six months. And you'll look and you'll see this basically a tiny little traffic cone of a figure. And you'll say, what's that? And we'll all move on with our lives. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So what you got? 
I, I got something, but <laughs> the 90s. I was completely out of like toys. I, I Well, didn't you just a couple of Simpsons? Become one of those well adjusted no, well adjusted adolescents. Oh. No, no, no. I'm I just know, I'm saying like you. I was I, I, I from 91 to 93, let's say 94, if I wasn't a toys, it was to do with the Simpsons and Bart and Bartman and all that and whatever else or it was to do with whatever Batman the animated series was doing. Like GI Joe to me ended when Duke woke up from his coma. He should have just stayed dead. Sorry, Michael Bell. And that's fine. I mean, most people I know who are a little older than me, uh, who were into Joe, <laughs> the movie is what killed it for them. Yep. And for me growing up, obviously being a little younger when that happened, I think it was like five, four or five when that happened. I started inheriting Joe's as time went on and I was very well aware of Joe's, but mm -hmm. I just grew up in a neon neon era of just ridiculousness. And let's try to get your attention with bright colors. That's what the selling point was. And you know, well, because in the nineties we needed a new gimmick. We needed something to get the younger generation in on action figures. And even though, Transformers and certain other toy lines were still around. They were in the monks of transition because they just were. So what I have tonight, I wasn't sure I was going to even be able to do this because I thought I screwed up because I thought, Oh, why would they sell me a figure where they say it's lights and sounds when I have to actually, you know, usually it's like, Oh, you can buy this figure, but batteries are not included. And I look at the bottom of the thing, and I'm like, oh, great, a screw a, a screw loose battery compartment. Great. So i got to go find a screwdriver, because I don't have a screwdriver always at the ready. At least not one without some clear liquid and some orange liquid, but that's a discussion for a completely different podcast. And then I go back and I watch the video by Funko Pop licensing director, or he's one of the licensing people, Jason Bischoff, over there at Funko. And I'm like, oh, there's a tab to hold the battery in place so the thing isn't wasting battery power while it's being shipped. So we all love Batman, right? Uh, yeah. I yeah. No, I do. I, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll go for that. Do you Thank you, Mr. Oates. Um, no one but me is going to get that joke. All right, Hall. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm the egomaniacal eagle, eagle one out of the two of us here. Do you ever remember, and I assume you do, but you've seen Spider-Man the Animated Series, correct? Grew up with it. Okay. Remember how he would always go back to that gargoyle named Bruce? Yes. Okay. So I have here the latest Funko Lights and Sounds pop. It is of Batman. And he is crouching on what is supposed to look like a rooftop piece. Mm. And it has a gargoyle face. And I'm like, oh. So they couldn't give Spider-Man the gargoyle and call the gargoyle Bruce. They have to give it to Batman because Batman, Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Batman, or have you met? Oh, great. What they used to call it? Stereo. So anyway, 
This figure is a lights and sounds figure, and this is what he sounds like. I am Fat Man. I fight for justice. Gotham City needs me. He only has three sayings, but it is very, very cool. Like I said, uh, Funko licensing guy Jason Bischoff does the voice. I don't know why he was the one to do the voice. That's fine. I saw the video of him doing the unboxing initially, and I, he was like, this is a lifelong dream come true. For I'm like, great. Follow your dreams, dude. Absolutely. And one of these days, I'd love to have him on the show. But I remember when this was first announced, everyone was like, ooh, is that Kevin Conroy? No, it's not. And that's okay. But I think it's cool that Funko, even though this is still a pop, it is a very, very cool pop to the point of not many pops talk back. Or at least, you know, not ones you can just tap on the head and they speak and you don't have to give them a bat treat. Can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. Okay, so not many pops talk back. How many pops do you talk to? <laughs> I talk to the bottle of Diet Coke every day, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm actually seriously curious. Do you, how many have you tried talking to to test this theory? No, I, I don't know. That's not no. I, I'm saying three that, or four. Okay, I understand. No, 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 no. I've, I'm fine. I'm, dude, I, I'm the, not judging. I'm totally cool with that. Uh huh. You're over there talking to a black and orange monkey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I was. I. Holy <laughs> cow! See, I, I'm still. Rec- <laughs> it's been months. I'm still recovering from COVID. I was looking around, trying to think what orange and black monkey is he referring to. <laughs> the one you just talked about. I know. I. I, I just. It, I haven't built in the 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 go-to reference that it's a black and orange monkey. So I'm. Oh, all right. What's he talking about? Which one is this? What? 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 No, it's the one literally <laughs> sitting out in front of me and on my desk right now. <laughs> oh man! I mean, like, like I said, literally, I just opened this tonight as of this recording. Even though people won't hear this until Christmas time, but it's really, really fun. I think it's cool. I think it's great. I'm interested to see if, and I'll have to do this off air. If once I put him back in the box. If I just open the box and tap him on the head through the plastic, if he'll actually make the sounds. Because right now, if I just set him down and I tap him on the head. I am Batman. I fight for justice. Gotham City needs me. And what lights up on him, and I'm going to do it one more time, not for sound effect purposes, but it's his eyes, his, his eyes and his bat insignia. And then it took me a half a minute while I'm sitting here looking at this, and I'm like, why is his insig bat emblem on his costume ghost white? Oh, right. That's why, because it lights I up. For justice. So, yeah, Funko Pop, <clears throat> lights and sounds, Batman, voiced by Jason Bischoff from Funko Licensing. Very, very, very cool. Absolutely awesome. Can really I, dig I, it. I, can I throw something out there? Uh-huh. Can you imagine that just being someone's dialogue on speed dating? So you've got five <laughs> minutes to meet somebody and get, just get ready to tap it. So uh-huh. okay. I'm sitting, you know, I'm, I'm a lady sitting down opposite 
Batman. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, I'm Jan. Who are you? Gotham City me. I know, but I'd like to talk to you. Okay, now we got your name. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I fight for justice. That's really cool. Are you in the police or law enforcement or? Gotham City needs me. Okay, that's fine. We only have five minutes. Do you, you want to go into this a little bit more or? I am Batman. I, you mentioned that. Is that a surname? Is that a family name? Where are you from? I fight. Okay, I get it. You're Gotham City needs me. Okay, so do you need to go? I am Batman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how long I, I mean I stretch that dialogue I mean, out for. Yeah, no, no, and, and honestly, it's like, oh crap! I, I'm I'm ta- and I cannot. Those are the three things. He starts out with, I am Batman. He goes to, I fight for justice. And he goes to, Gotham City needs me. So I don't have control. Like, I have to time it right. And sadly, in that other question, it was like, I can't time this right. And I don't know if Josh's COVID brain can accurately respond to, I fight for justice. <laughs> when you ask me where I live, <laughs> I think I was doing okay. And uh, no, 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 I'm not saying you weren't. Yeah. I'm not saying you weren't at all. I'm just saying, like, like if I had control over when he says what he says, that would be great. That would be perfect. It would be fine. But, but yeah, folks, lights and sounds, Batman. He is a Funko Shop uh, exclusive, so you can get him on Funko.com. And yeah, very, very awesome. Absolutely dig him. Think he's super, super awesome and great and cool and fun and all that good stuff. And now I have to go spend the rest of my Christmas with the Funko Pops I haven't seen in three and a half years. And see how many of them are going to talk back for you. No, none of them talk back except for I fight for justice. the guy that fights for justice. Okay, now what's his name again? can't do that you gotta ask him where he lives oh no 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 i did that on purpose yeah yeah no i'm not doing that no oh. this is already one there's already one fucked up podcast as it is so <laughs> yeah, th- we're doing just fine yeah right hey you know what pops need now that i'm looking at some old gi like so i'm sitting here just going through the rabbit hole of old gi joe stuff yep they need operating gliders for pops so you can just throw a pop through the air and watch it glide away like that's they need that bad oh god no no can you imagine that actually i can because it's actually happening with a different company but an actual working glider so jay joe had some really cool ones i I know they you yes hasbro used to have working gliders with gi joe however Hasbro, and I'm not looking this up, so I'm probably getting this wrong. So if I'm getting it wrong, I'm sorry. But I swear Hasbro recently, over the last couple of months, announced for part of next year's wave in Legacy Evolution, one-step changers that you just throw them and they transform. You basically throw them in the air, they transform and land on their feet. Hey, let's just be real. I think there's going to be some hardcore collectors who are going to be throwing those into the trash just to see that. <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, a lot Seek of the one should work now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the one step stuff that they do now is specifically aimed at children five to 12 kind of thing. It's, it's aimed at young kids because, yeah, that's what it is. So anything else you want to bring up, sir? Anything else you want to discuss before I kind of, you know, trim the tree over here, I guess you could say, since it's Christmas time? I would say no Christmas is complete unless you set up a terrific, awe-inspiring, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, whimsical, spirit of the holiday influenced battle scene between your best figures. So I'm going to challenge everybody to email me at floorburgercats.org slash four. Stop. Stop. Okay, don't email me. Here's what you can do, folks. For what he's asking you to do, just email us, feedback at geekcastradio.com. And send your best holiday battle scene you can come up with, because that's how I spent most of my holidays as a kid, sitting up any available figures under the tree, in the tree. That's why we actually, years later, I would say probably in 20... Or 2008, 2009, maybe 2010, mm-hmm. we actually found mask figures perfectly in shape in old Christmas decoration boxes because they were in the tree and with the train and stuff when it all got packed up. Uh huh. That that doesn't surprise me. So it's, it's funny that you should say this because I have something from 2018, I believe. Yes, I do. I have. A Funko Pop Christmas display featuring Harry, Marv, Clark, Eddie, Kevin, Christmas Deadpool, Christmas Groot, and Holiday Hulk, along with Michael Knight in kit. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) This is from March, actually. Wow. I didn't post it until March 11th of of 2019, but it was from Christmas. Uh, Um... 2018. I mean, that's usually when I end up posting a lot of my Christmas stuff. <laughs> like, I took pictures for Halloween, and I, I'm lucky the night of... Like, I have a whole Halloween display currently set up that hasn't gone away because I haven't been able to pull it down. I did nothing with it except to watch my cats knock over 40% of all the toys I had set up meticulously. <laughs> that's That's funny. All right, folks, we're going to get the heck out of here. Thank you for joining us once again here on ToyCast. This may or may not be the final episode of 2022. I'm pretty sure it's going to be because we've reached 165 episodes and and we need a holiday break. We really, really do. Heaven forbid we come back here on New Year's Eve and we all get drunk on a starship for episode 166. Because nobody wants to see Chewie get drunk on the Millennium Falcon. They really don't. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe some people might. (laughs) No, nobody does. Maybe. No. Nobody does. You can find him on Twitter at floorburger five five three. I am at tfu and Mike. You can also follow at Geekcast Radio. If Twitter is still around at this point, no, God, stop it! Don't be one of those people. 
Okay. It hasn't gone anywhere yet. A billionaire buying it isn't going to ruin it yet. I mean, it was already ruined before he bought it, so, you know. <sighs> I, I miss the old days of Twitter when, you know, we had to worry about the fail whale. Anyway. Is that me doing a belly flop? No, I will have to send you that video so you can watch it later. Anyway, okay. at, at Geekcast Radio for the network, at TF Toycast for the show. Remember, email us, feedback at geekcastradio.com over the holidays, and let us know what what do you want them to let, what, what do you want from these people? A holiday battle under the tree, or menorah, if, if you are... So inclined. Yeah. A, just, just send your best, most festive holiday battle under the tree... Just don't light the menorah under the tree and have the plastic ne- next to it, because... Unless that's part of the plot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the ending to that plot is the house burns down, Which, so... By the way, we are not liable, uh, under the advice of our attorneys, we are not liable for any behaviors you may undertake while exactly. under the tree with a lit candle. Yeah, exactly. And if that happens, we want 20% of the insurance money. <laughs> According to our team, I have to agree to that. Keep playing with your toys. We'll talk to you next time here on ToyCast. Don't stop the Santa Man. Daniel Craig's my Wookiee bitch now. Daniel Craig is my Wookiee bitch now. Stroke the Wookiee. <laughs>